Good morning, everyone. Maria Mariano here, 38 years in multi-level marketing. And I'm so excited to see Virginie is with us on, uh, on the Zoom. She's on Podbeam. And I love her. I love her. I love her. I love her. She's number one all the time, Virginie. When I come to Paris or France, I don't know where the heck you live in, in France, I'm going to bring you a beautiful, beautiful gift. I thank you so much for your support. And I want to thank everyone for your support. Lise, thank you so much for your support. This morning, we have Jane with us. We have Alexandra. Thank you on the Zoom and everyone else that's joining on Podbeam. Remember, I know Jean-Philippe is going to talk about it, but Jean-Philippe, I'm going to give a little wink. You know, start sharing, start sharing. We have this very ambitious, audacious goal to get our uh, our uh, group on Facebook to over a 10,000 members before the end of the year. And I think together with you guys, we can have that happen. So what is the podcast, The Millionaire of the Diamonds? It's a podcast where we intentionally take a, a book that's personal development. And with our expertise and experience in multi-level marketing, we bring it to you already read, dissected, and ready to be put in action. I know a lot of people that read self-development books, but unfortunately, between the reading and the actual putting in action of the book, usually never ends up happening. And this is why we find the number one books on sale at garage sales for 25 cents are, ta -ta -ta, drum roll, personal development books. I always say to my friends, before you pay full crack for a personal development book, we, we are right now the summer, or actually as of yesterday, it's summer, right? 21st of June, as of yesterday, it's summer. Just go pick them up, uh, literally, for a quarter on um, garage sales. And it's unfortunate because for to go in life from here to here, we need to intentionally work on being a better version of ourselves. So bang, the podcast was born. And this is what we do. So Monday and Tuesday, as of next week, Jean-Philippe, it's going to be, look at this, guys. It's going to be a tribal leadership. Tribal leadership which I love, love, love. Let me, again, I'm doing something I'm not supposed to do. Not them, me, the 57 years old, the 30 years old, they know exactly what to do. <laughs> okay. So tribal. So tell us a little bit about the subject, Jean-Philippe. Yes. Like we've seen it. Uh, okay. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get my phone. <laughs> I can't like send, like not being in front of the camera. So actually, uh, in the book that we just finished cover, which was uh, The Big Fight for Life, one of the segments that like we saw that we get the more interaction on Podbeam and with the people was about leadership, actually. So uh, we thought that we were going to find a book about leadership. So it's uh, uh, a book that is referenced in our world, in our MLM. So talking about how like to build uh, leadership in a group, in a participative way, as a coach, as the subject that we cover actually with the last book. So we saw that people were interested in. So I think that it will be a, a good start uh, for our new segment starting next Monday. 
Yeah, I'm very, very excited because we we do a pre-podcast and they give it to me in literally 15 minutes. So I'm able to use it after in my power hours and I see the powerful impact it has. On Wednesday, we cover something that brings you to action. So right now we are in Anthony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within. And the subject today I really hits home. Um it's just an incredible, incredible subject. So Awaken the Giant is the, the subject, subject every Wednesday. So today is, we're going to cover pain as being the ultimate tool for shifting a belief system that's, that's, not, that's destructive towards a belief system that will be constructive for us. Second thing we're going to cover is all truth goes to, through three steps. And that's going to be you, Jean-Philippe. Ah. Oh. It is so true, okay? So all truth goes through through three steps. And we're going to close off with Marie-Pierre with a word that I learned this morning. C-A-N-I, can I? I'm going to pronounce it as can I, because in my head it's can I. But then again, if a vowel proceeds, then it should be can I. Anyways, I'll let Marie-Pierre introduce to you the subject. So this is on Wednesdays. And then Thursdays and Fridays, we are in the development of our character with Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, my God, Jean-Philippe, look who's coming. Look who's here. Oh, Monique Stratton is here. Hello, my friend, Monique. <laughs> it's so good to see you. I'm so happy to see you. So on Thursdays and Fridays, it's uh, Stephen Covey, the highly, seven habits of highly effective people. So let's dive right into the subject today. So beliefs are gen generally formed in two ways. Okay, this is how our belief systems are formed. By your, one, experience and deductions, right? And two, by accepting what others tell us to be true. Most of our Core beliefs are formed when we are children, right? Our parents and environment play a big, big part in modeling our beliefs from a very, very young age. So I'll give you an example. If your parents said that uh, pit bull dogs were killers, you automatically become afraid of pit bull dogs, okay? The same is true if your parents were racist, against colored people. We become racist against colored people. And I'm going to go with that particular subject because having been raised in Montreal East and Montreal North area, being an immigrant myself, I think the, the subject of racist is going to touch more home than than me talking about a pit bull dog, right? Okay, so we're going to go in there. So how do you shift your belief? How do you shift your belief? Well, pain usually does a great job. And I love the illustration directly from the book. And I'm going to use it because it's simple and it hits really home. So it's Sally. She's part of a Ku Klux Klan. I, and I'm asking Jean-Philippe if I'm saying it properly. Okay, or the rednecks. Can I say the rednecks? Monique, is that proper English? <laughs> okay. So she's part of this racist clan, right? And in their conviction of the group she's part of is there should be no racial mixing in education. So 
no racial mixing in education, economically and socially. This, the Ku Klux Klan she's part of, which is, by the way, true, right? They absolutely believe that the mixing of the races, of the cultures, it will be the downfall of the country. And of course, here we're talking about USA and of the people, okay? So what happened to Sally's belief that changed so drastically from going from being completely racist to absolutely loving every single human being, no matter from which background. Well, something happened. Remember, pain is the ultimate tool for shifting a belief system. So this is what happened. So first thing that happened, in one of the big rallies of the Ku Klux Klan they were having was on national television, a young woman stood up and started yelling and crying and saying, I don't understand how you people can be so hatred of, uh, of, of uh, Hispanics. My husband is, this, she's white, right? She says, my husband is Hispanic. My child is, is, is Hispanic. And I can't believe how you people can be so hateful. So that woman that stood up in the audience and yelled, yelled, for some reason, it hit really, really, really deep in her heart, and it kept resonating in her mind, right? The second thing that happened, flying back home from the rally of the Ku Klux Klan, her son, her young son who had followed her in his teens, shared his views that he was against the Ku Klux Klan's views, and he was against, of course, what you, mom, you represent, okay? She was so embarrassed, by him expressing um, his disaccord with his mother, and she thought she had raised him to to be, you know, absolutely, uh, I don't know how to say it, white-oriented, that um, he got upset, she got upset, and he ended up getting off the plane in Dallas, one, one stop prior to getting home, and swore never to go back home and never to talk to her again. Okay, what especially got to her son is that one of the women in uh, in the Ku Klux Klan actually dared to cite something written in the Bible because he was against his mother. She said, "You son will be dishonored because thou shall shall respect thy mother and thy father." You know, if if any of you know that part of the Ten Commandments. So her son replied, "So you're telling me God?" intends me to respect the people that do evil to other children of his. So that became the second element in her mind that was driving her absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. So what happened from that point, uh, her mind started going, uh, revising her belief system. Her mind raced uh, day after day after day, and she thought about, you know, the woman yelling, the, the, the case that happened in the audience where they said you should chastise your son and her son getting off the plane, uh, threatening, threatening her never to come back. From there, she went and she had an immediate change of heart that the thought of her losing her son, she couldn't bear that pain. And from that very moment, she became anti-Ku Klux Klan, and she began embracing and loving other people of other races. 
and adopting their way of, of doing things. Now, why this hits home for me, I'll share with you why. For those that know me, I'm Italian-born Catholic, and I'm married to Mohammed, uh, Algerian-born Muslim. I've lived this experience within my own family. You have to understand that the community I come from, only Italians had the right way of doing things. You see, I come from that very village mentality. And if you weren't Catholic, then there was no heaven for you. And if you didn't eat pasta, you don't know how to eat. I come from there. And I know that my union with Mohammed, well, all that Italian community that was so Kukuk's clan, if you want, right? Mentality or village mentality was transformed. They have had a change of heart. And today, nobody moves without asking advice to Mohammed before they make a financial investment, before they make a real estate investment, or simply asking for advice what they would do with their children because this is what's happening from them for them. Can you imagine how we went from here to here? And I was sharing with Jean-Philippe and Marie-Pierre, my, my um, sister-in-law, she works at Canadian Tire here in Montreal. And just last week, she had somebody walk in and started yelling at her, saying, you're in Quebec now, why don't you remove your veil and be like everybody else? And, and I know that this mentality comes from lack of information and it comes from the impact other people have on that individual. So the more you work on being a better version of yourself, and this is why the podcast is very dear to my heart, the more we work on being a better version of ourselves, the more we will expand our vision and be inclusive and grow from here to there. Okay, so you have to ask yourself the question, what beliefs do I have that are holding me back? You ask yourself, what beliefs do I have that are holding me back? Because only negative beliefs hold us back. So now we're going to go to Jean-Philippe and share with us how truth covers three steps before we embrace it. Thank you, Jean-Philippe. Yes, thank you, Maria. I hope you guys getting like value out of it. So if you like love what you're hearing, what you see, and you're with us on Podbeam or even on live, take time to share the podcast on like your profile, uh, share it on if you have a group and you want to bring that value to the group and also take time to share in it your stories. Okay, because people seeing stories on Facebook are uh, uh, like somewhere else. So it's easy for them to click. So more that we are seeing more that we can bring them to our group, which is actually the inspirational group, Les Millionaires des Diamants. And we want to build uh, the community there where people can express themselves. And starting next week, also, we will have some contests on the group. So be sure to be there and like to add uh, people so they can participate also to uh, like to our community and be part of that amazing uh, that amazing thing that we are building starting like I think we've did it for more than a year and a half now 
like the podcast. So it's really uh, like it's it's getting bigger and like we're excited about it. So yes, today uh, I'm going to share you example that will show that each belief has to cross a okay, different step, okay, to become something that is accepted. So there is three step okay about something new a new belief or something that should be accepted by a community first step okay first uh, step that it's going through it's it's ridicule okay people laugh out of that okay of something new a new idea second people are violent violently opposed to that new okay that new idea that new belief and finally we accept it as it is evidence. And one of the examples they gave into the book, I really love that, was about the uh, the alimentation guide. Is that the way I can say it? Yeah, okay. So uh, that we have like in Canada or even in United States. And if you guys remember, I think it was like two years ago, it was like people were talking about that on TV and every like everywhere else saying like there is no milk in the elementary guide. Why is that? And like people were getting crazy, like especially uh, in Quebec and in Canada that actually those this new guide is based on study. And they say that there is more chance that people that are eating meat, like a lot of meat, lot and lot, like that every day, like probably two of their uh, of their meal are composed of meat, are have a more chance like to develop some type of cancer. And it's it's true, like it's all true, but the first time that this idea come, okay, people were just like ridiculed that, okay, why is that? We always had eat meat like in the past, like uh, les hommes des cavernes, how do we say hommes des cavernes? Cave, uh, cavemen, cavemen, cavemen. The cavemen, yeah, like cavemen were eating like their food, okay, like, just to stay alive. And like people are using, okay, some things in the past or some evidence. And we saw that most of the time, okay, our, I think it's the, in the last podcast on last Wednesday or two weeks ago, we thought that sometimes we have beliefs that aren't even true or that we are doing things by habit. It's the same. He, here, people are ridiculing, ridiculize things because they're using some examples that have no social proof or scientific proof. Then when like that idea is staying, okay, that yes, the elementary guy will change, okay, eventually, and it changed, okay. People, okay, said, no, okay, we cannot because we will not, like, help the economy with that and that and that. That will have a huge impact. So people opposed to it because now it's a belief. We are attacking a belief that they have, okay, and we saw the different stage of belief that it's really internal. It's something that you... um that habit you and that stay with you and you develop that force, that strong force around it. And eventually, okay, it will probably like becoming something normal. So if we are looking to other culture like Indian culture that actually they don't eat a lot of meat, okay, because they can't eat cow, okay, so it's 
it, it's a big part of the meat that is eaten on that herd. So we see that Indians, that people from uh, Japan and most of like the a uh, Asian part of the world, that they live longer. The reason why is they have less meat, actually. So that's an indicator. But it's a stage that it has to pass. And how it can pass to the last stage, to the last step of something being accepted, actually, it's when it becomes a constant, never-ending commitment to constantly increase the quality. So it's an example that we uh, saw into the book uh, also about like cars. I'm not a cars man, okay? My cars bring me from point A to point B. That's it, okay? I don't mind like if it's a, a Chrysler, a Mazda, uh, an Audi or, or, or something else, but I understand the example in the books. I was like, oh, that, he's good. He's good explaining it. So they were taking the example of a Chrysler Playmood laser and a Mitsubishi Eclipse, okay, in the years 1990, okay? Those two cars, okay, even if Chrysler is American and Mitsubishi is Japan, Japan, okay, Japanese, they were exactly the same car because it was a partnership between the two companies. So the motor, everything, okay, was the same. And even if they were the same, the only thing that changed is Chrysler Plymouth Laser and Mitsubishi Eclipse was the name. Even with that, even when people knew, okay, and the conceptor knew it was the same car, the Chrysler sells 13 cars a day and Mitsubishi sell 100 cars a day. Why? Why is that? It's because of that quality that they have, uh, that they were being able to build, actually. So we knew, like, Japanese cars are known for uh, Corolla, Toyota Corolla. is like the car that has been sold the most. Why? Because of its quality. And when we think of Japanese uh, things or uh, like cars or uh, computer, like we knew that Japanese, it, the synonym means its quality, its highest quality, but it's something that has to be built because you prefer like to build something that it, that will cost a little bit more because if like we say, okay, we will try like to cut somewhere else because we don't want it to cost more or we will like try to produce more and that like, you get a lot of back, okay, things that coming back to you because it broke, actually it affects not only, okay, the, um, efficiency. the efficiency, efficiency in like, yeah, how do you say factory. Factory, yeah. So you get a lot of things getting back into the factory. It will affect the efficiency on the people and of the company. But not only that, it will affect the credibility and the quality that you're trying to build on the market. So it's about branding, actually. Okay. And this is not the things that at first, uh, American cars were able to do. They say, we want to produce more. We want to get a higher volume. We want it to cost less, actually. So they did not build uh, that branding, that quality, okay, that was respected from the Japanese. So when you were able with a new value to show that it's about quality and it's something, okay, that has been built over years with passion and like with results, 
actually that's the way that you can pass to the final state to your belief and say that yes okay that was an evidence that was that and Ford actually go through that stage actually a couple of years ago also. They were on the bottom of the market and that they decided not to say we want it to cost less. Yes, it will cost a little bit more, but we will build on quality and on the expertise that the Japanese has developed over a year. And that what brings back Ford in the 90s and 90 to the beginning of two uh, of the years 2000, the, the new millennial that bring back that on the market. So get satisfaction will bring to quality over the cost that will help you go through that last stage. And talking about like that quality and like that, yeah, the quality that we want to reach. And I, I, I use the years, a constant never ending commitment. Uh, Marie-Pierre will uh, like introduce us like to a new concept, a new word that we'll probably uh, get, bring in our new vocabulary using every day. <laughs> I'm telling you, we're all going to adapt this new word. Uh, so, Monique, I'm counting on you how to pronounce C-A-N-I. Can I? I'm pronouncing K-N-I. You, Marie-Pierre? I think it's Kanai. Kanai? I think. <laughs> we'll figure it out, but you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Take it away, Marie-Pierre. Thank you, Monique. Can I? <laughs> Can I? <laughs> So yes, what is it? That word that means constant and never-ending improvement. What is this? That continuous improvement. It means that always striving to be the best you can be. It means you cultivate a growth mindset. That you are always identifying area for improvement and developing and implementing solution, and then making those solutions part of your everyday processes. It can apply to everything from losing weight to improving your relationship or accelerating your career. But most people will never feel secure because they are always worried that they will either lose their job, lose the money they, they already have, lose their spouses, lose their health, and so on. The only, Maria. <laughs> <laughs> the only truth in life comes from knowing that every single day you are improving yourself in some way so you don't worry about maintaining the quality of life you have now because every day you work to improve it so that's what is a constant and never-ending improvement so there's three things to remember about can i <laughs> We will come easily to, to say that word. <laughs> so first one is improvement doesn't happen by accident. So little happens on accident, especially anything that deals with growth. It's not something that you can do when you have time. When has anyone ever had time? Have you read or worked or learned a new skill every time you had time? No. <laughs> Time is relative and always fills itself with ease. It takes the path of least resistance. So if the strategy is I improve when I have time or on by accident, good luck with that. It's only in word it's on, it's in word only, not in true application you will improve. We just need to accept that improvement is just not going to happen all by itself. Number 2 it's improvement isn't a one-time occasion. 
yes, you have to uh, make that commitment to say it will be constant and never ending improvement. It's a daily process. This is just too much work for most people and hence why most people just stay the same. They log another day off their life with the only gain is their weight. So improvement once in a while is obviously better than nothing, but it's like having a healthy salad once in a while. There's benefit, but not what it could be with consistency. And number three is improvement does require a plan. So if you are truly serious about can I, it's going to require a plan. So remember, it doesn't happen on accident. It is not a one-time occasion. So do you have a growth plan? If you look at your week now, where exactly you will improve? Where exactly you will learn something new? So if you already have a plan, please write it in the comments on Podbean and on the Facebook Live because just today you are on the podcast. So it should be on your plan to be on the podcast every morning to take the time to read a book. So plan it in your <laughs> week. Where do you have the time to um, read a book? Where in your uh, plan you will listen to uh, inspiring audio? Where in your week you will take the time to learn something new? Where in your week you will do some research? And do you have your conditioning program with the question at the end of the day. Because if you are really committed to have um, a con constant and never ending improvement, you have to ask question at the end of the day. What have I learned today? What did I contribute to improve today? And what did I enjoy? Because if every day you constantly improve your ability to enjoy your life, then you will experience it at a level of richness most people never even dream of. So have your conditioning program. I will put the link in the comments on Podbean and on the Facebook Live so you can just click on it. So if you don't have your conditioning program yet, it's time to join us in the conditioning program because I know it will make a big difference to make sure that yes, your plan will not just be today, but it will be next week and next week and next week and you will really uh, learn about can i <laughs> I, I love it marie pierre because you know living a life that's fulfilling has to be intentional so my, my closing words today i said you know this is what i feel like sharing so simply find someone who's producing the results you truly want in your life okay it's very important a word that i i enjoy using lately that i love someone said is you've got to be cop copying the right cat those people are the role models who can give you the answers you seek behind all successful people lies a specific set of empowering beliefs model the lives of those people who are already succeeding what's very important here is I have chosen people in my life that correspond to my values because it's very important that I'm following somebody that I'm going to be proud of who I become. I'll give you an example. 
I used to have somebody I used to visualize that started uh, a business and he was having, you know, the Porsche 911 Carrera. He was, uh, you know, having a lifestyle of partying, restaurants. Uh, you would see him often um, uh, riding, I call it the jet life, right? And when I was young, I was impressed by these things. But as I got older, got married, I realized that my values are family. My values are friends. My values is uh, a very hardcore work ethic. And I'm like Jean-Philippe. Jean-Philippe, me, a car doesn't matter. Like the proof is sometimes I don't even have a car. And, and I, I'm calling somebody to pick me up, you know, like I realized cars are not my thing. I also realized brand clothing are not my thing. I also realized that, you know what, if it's up to me, and now with COVID, that's what I love. I'm always in jeans. I'm always, you know. And so I find people that correspond to these values. So people like, you're going to find it funny, like Mark Zuckerberg, that's always working the same freaking T-shirt. He talks to me. He speaks to me, you see. So find people with your values and mimic what they're doing and you'll get the same results and better. It's powerful. It's fun. And these people are always available for you to ask questions. What do you believe in? Where do you want to go? And what do you consider success is? For me, success in life is helping you go from here to there. It's not everybody's definition, but the only way I go to bed at night and I feel powerful, Marie-Pierre Jean-Philippe, is when I know that today I help you go from here to there. So it doesn't matter how big my bank account is. It doesn't matter how many properties Mohammed and I own. At the end of the day, Mohammed and I are driven to help other people go from here to there. And as I get older, even if the finances continue to increase. Marie and Mohammed are always the same people working hard, hard, hard every day, seven days a week, helping people go from here to there. So I'm a happy camper. Do you want to be a happy camper? Say yes, those that I see on Zoom. If your answer is yes, are you working every single day aligned with your values because that's the only way to reach financial freedom okay guys we love you off to our french podcast and remember if you enjoyed share and monique now that i see you this morning it's a problem you know i'm gonna expect you every wednesday morning <laughs> bye-bye my friends thank you so much <laughs> bye-bye